0: Gordana Sabatik is a writer, researcher, and teaching assistant of gender, politics, and international affairs, whose important work has highlighted the struggles of women in post Yugoslavian governance. For the last three and a half years, she has been conducting research towards earning her PhD, and prior to that, she worked in various NGOs promoting women's rights and educational opportunities. In addition, she has volunteered aiding refugees immigrating to Europe. She recently moved to Rome and is wrapping up her dissertation. I cannot wait to share her journey. Thank you, Gordana, for joining me today. Talk a little bit about the work you've been doing and, uh, you know, all your experiences traveling and uh, working abroad. Um, So... Tell me a little bit about what you're doing right now. You're finishing up your Ph.D. in Melbourne.
1: Yeah. So um, currently I'm on my last year of Ph.D. by research. Uh, My Ph.D. is about uh, I actually spent one year um, following women politicians in Serbia and Kosovo. And I was looking at, when I say following, it's actually participant observation. So I was observing, I was working with them. I was going to work with them and I was observing how they navigate their national or ethnic and gender identity while they're doing politics. So now, I mean, it's called political ethnography. Uh, The research is my own original idea because I really always wanted to see how women navigate this in politics by like in their own setting so um yeah um, uh, now i'm just finishing up writing and i defended it in front of the uni i had this public kind of presentation mm-hmm. and uh, should submit in october so i should be writing as i speak with you <laughs> no i'm joking <laughs> Uh, I mean, PhDs always think I should be writing, I should be writing, so right, yeah, and um, yeah, I'm a tutor, I'm an academic tutor, I'm tutoring now uh, one subject, it's called power, so it's about how power works in the institution's body and all that, uh, and I'm having like, I have currently have 72 students. So, um, yeah, I'm just marking, I'm just like right now in the process of marking their, their essays, which there is a lot of, uh, there are a lot of things in these essays that are really make me laugh, but it's fine, you know. We were always like, you know, I was the first theater bachelor, you know, like, um, I understand. Sorry, I have to move a bit. <laughs> um,
0: oh so, yeah, that's what I'm so, doing right now. Um, I know it's like trying to like educate the young minds is kind of, you know, which we'll call it. It's uh, it's rewarding and yet frustrating, but <laughs> it's, it's
1: actually fun because these are the uh, so at, uh, Melbourne University um, is pretty international. Australia is really international. I mean, it's mm-hmm. probably the most international place I've been. At any point in my life and I've right. traveled a lot. I've traveled like at least 50 countries of the world. So uh, I have uh, at these subjects that I teach, I have mostly Chinese and Australian students like Asian uh, mm-hmm. basically. Um, but you know like even the Australian students are like of course the, their um, you know background of their parents. You know, maybe they were born mm-hmm. here, but the background of the parents are like all multinational. At the least they have mm-hmm. like uh, Aboriginal uh, and Torres Islanders uh, students, and um, yeah, that's kind of really sad because you know mm-hmm. uh, the, the the you know the, their social position in society is really like you know problematic. But that's like Australia. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's their political issue really. Uh, so, yeah, it's pretty, and it's kind of interesting to see how this, um, how their brain works, you know, and how they, how is their, like, work, work ethics, you know, of these kids. Yeah. Um, it's it's really interesting, like, to see. Uh, they're, like, pretty smart kids. I like them a lot. Uh, there's, you know, always a couple of them that are really brilliant, and they're, like, um, fascinated by how smart they are. But you know, they're like funny things, how they understand stuff, sometimes it's really wrong. And then you know, like, you need to laugh because it's really like kind of funny. But yeah, it's it's pretty fun work. You know, it's inspiring. It's always something different. Sometimes they're not really in the mood to work with you. They're like uh quiet, but sometimes they're really like, inspired. And so I really, yeah, I had a couple of, I had five classes this semester and three classes uh, the previous semester and I really like in the end I'm kind of sad because I have to say goodbye you know like I want to continue oh. working with them because it's fun. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh so what got you interested in doing this type of uh, research and work in like women's equality and gender rights, um, feminism, um, like I said identity um, especially in like the post uh region.
1: Yeah um, so uh, uh, I actually started doing like feminism after my bachelor, after I finished my, my bachelor degree because I, um, you know, I kind of thought that I'm thinking differently than other people, that I behave differently than other like women in my environment. My mom is very patriarchal. She kind of suffered a lot because of the patriarchy, because, you know, her inheritance, sort. Uh, she she couldn't take her inheritance because of her brother. Because you know, like it's a shame you as a woman okay. accept the inheritance of your parents. Something I yeah. always thought that that's wrong. Even though I thought that that's actually a normal. Like I was taught by other people, but I actually naturally thought that this is unfair. So and yet yeah, my mom is also like a victim of violence. So uh, domestic violence and like police was never protective. The judiciary never protected her. So I thought that that's such an injustice and I've seen and observed all this like pain that women in my environment had to go through and I was so mad about it. And of course, like I'm completely different than them and I grew up in a completely different time. Um, My character Mm. is completely different. I'm pretty like aggressive, straightforward, I'm open. I don't care, you know? So they're not like that they 're taught to be submissive they're taught to accept what men says to shut up when the man speaks. so no, I refused all that, even though they you know tried to educate me in that manner. I said no, of course, I had problems because of that, but I said no and yeah, and then that 's why I kind of started doing with uh, like dealing with like women 's rights. I wanted to join women 's organizations, so that 's what I did, and I worked in the like women women in black it's like anti militarist mm-hmm. anti nationalist or got a, like an n g o uh, association of women, and I started traveling throughout the region of balkans and this is where I faced the kind of what the nationalism has brought upon us and since mm-hmm. then, I actually want to research on nationalism and how like women perceive nationalism, what is their understanding of their nation they like own national identity, their symbols, their myths, the stories. Are they the same stories that men have, or they see that like really differently, you know? And that's why I um, yeah, I applied for this PhD and I got a scholarship in 2016. The project is like my really original idea because you know like women are are not in politics. Like the numbers of women in politics is really like low, especially in Serbia it's 30%. So three percent in parliament, like less than thirty percent in the government, like twelve percent. So and everywhere else in the world, so we're not asked about it, but yet they are really like supportive of nationalism in all different roles. You know, it doesn't have to be a role of a soldier. You know, a mother is also a, a supporter of nationalism because the mother is the one that, because of the patriarchy, of course that teaches children, you know? And teaches sons different things. So if they teach them to be soldiers, then they will be soldiers, like for the nation. And that's the part of this, like, um, um, theory on like, uh, yeah, like mothers, um, how mothers perceive, uh, you know, nationalism and the role of the mother is like to hold and let go. So yeah. this is how I started, like, yeah, I came here to Australia. I got a scholarship. Australia gave me a wonderful chance to study for free and improve myself. And, like, actually, I like, get to know this, you know, like, start teaching. And uh, they really gave me a good opportunity at the University of Melbourne. And I will be grateful like my whole life because as a poor person from Serbia, I would never, ever have a chance to do this if I was not supported by the University of Melbourne to do so. Like I would still sure. stay in Serbia.
0: Wow. <laughs> um yeah. <laughs> the story of Gordana. Um no i um, Absolutely. That's, it's but no that was that was really I'm in a nutshell, I mean, it wasn't really in a nutshell because you gave us a lot of good information regarding, you know, what, what started, you know, that, that spark in you and then how did it grow and how did it grow and how did it grow and what the different opportunities that came into your, that came along your way and allowed you to um, continue. Um, what has been your biggest um, challenge with, you know, all the traveling that you do um, regarding communication? I mean, obviously you speak English. But, you know, what were other some nonverbal, you know, things that came up or or cultural differences that you you came across that were maybe challenging or or, or exciting?
1: Yeah, well, that's a really interesting question because, uh, uh, you know, like, so when you travel, you kind of get to know other people, but you get to know you really well. And you get to know, um, you know, what is your character? What is your like upbringing in you? You know you know what is you know your mentality, the place where you're coming from, and how other people deal with problems mm-hmm. and then you see how you deal with problems and kind of see the difference and what i when I came here for the first time, what made me like you know I grew up on the Balkans I'm mm-hmm very like I hate this kind of generalizations but you know like cultural specificities are very there are cultural specificities and we cannot like negate and like of course every individual is different but there are some things that we all share like of course like it doesn't have to be ethnic identity can be like you know the the way we like you know like the kind of bread we like or whatever like we Mm -hmm. you know the music and there specificities that I just, you know, uh, in Serbia, I didn't know how, like, you know, specific it is, how I'm, like, very specific in certain things. But when I came here, I kind of discovered that. And what kind of, like, bothered, bothered me, but actually in the time I learned that this is actually probably even good. Um, yeah. It's the way Australians, like, here. Uh, <laughs> uh, so... First is being passive aggressive, so like here the, the 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 that's the that's the mode that people function. Being passive okay. aggressive, like in Balkans, we are openly aggressive. We just do not give mm. you this fake smile. How are you? But I you actually don't care. How are you? How you are? You know, mm. like if you start telling me a story like how you are, I will be like very bored. But I will tell you like you know here they will be the people will be nice, you know, and. Um, People are nice here, you know, like, but then you come to the level that everything is nice. So if you're from the Balkans, it's like not everything can be nice. There must be something negative yeah. because this is really Balkan of you. So think, oh my God, there's, some, there's something wrong because this is how we think. And then I learned that being nice, it just, it's not such a problem really. And yeah. it really helps you most of the time, even when it's fake, it's much better then when you're like openly um, just a negative person all the time
0: yeah
1: so yeah they're like that's what kind of like was a huge problem for me because I couldn't like differentiate who was honest to me and who was not honest because like you know everyone is nice but then like wait like you know like so how do you know when you're wrong if everyone is nice all the time and then, of course, I learned after that how you actually understand that you're wrong is when people are passive-aggressive, so they will not openly, like, tell you, hey, I, you know, like, what you did is not right, We don't like it. They will just be passive-aggressive to you. You know, they will just, you know, <laughs> you pay know, nice, give you a smile, but then, like, turn around and leave, you know, aggressively, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, that was for me like really strange uh, because I'm like, uh, uh, yeah, the, the way they like receive an information, it's completely different. If you don't deliver it in a certain like way, they will understand it as an attack on them, which is kind of weird because like, you don't even have to say anything like really harsh. So these are mm-hmm. the same cultural things. And then you of course like learn how to communicate better with them. Uh, So like now I'm a tutor. Before I started being a tutor, uh, I actually had the fear how I'm going to deal with students because the way the resilience of people here, I would say it's really low, the resilience to different problems, the life problems. You know, like when you grew up in the Balkans, you had refugees, you had bombing. You had war, you had hunger, you had embargo and sanctions. So I was like hungry half of the time. Uh, I had no shoes. So like you know, like I'm used to that kind of thing. And for me, if I miss my bus or like I don't know, like some small shock, I'm okay. You know, like at least I uh, yeah. have a roof over my head. And but you know, people here have less resilience, I would say. So I was like in had the problem. Like, how am I going to Deal with them, these students. You know, how am I going to give them feedback not to hurt their feelings because I can be too harsh? I can deliver information very directly that can impact their, you know, motivation. Maybe I can hurt them in some way because these are young people. These are like 20 years old and they're like grew up here. That was a problem. But then I realized that, like, with my sense of humor and all that. And I start like a bit of jokes and when I give them feedback, I mm-hmm. always give them like positive feedback. And then I never say this is wrong. I actually say, you know, you, you kind of have to improve. There is a space for improvement. And then I deliver them like this was actually really good. You know, like you give them positive, yeah. not even negative, but kind of improvement and then positive. So if you deliver anything that is not fitting this, it's not going to be understood well. So that's the, that was the problem for me with the communication. But then, you know, you learn, like, the Chinese people, for example, they also deliver really, like, bam. And uh, I kind of understand it, but, you know, I can see that Australians have a huge problem in understanding.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think what they called what you just said, uh, I think, and uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it anyway, uh, a shit sandwich. You, you yeah. put the layer between some good news. The bad news is layered between some good news. But
1: <laughs> yeah, but in Serbia um, they will give you shit. You know, they will say, this is wrong, this is wrong, this <laughs> is wrong, and they will never say this is good. Never. So you learn in Serbia to really be a fighter. And when someone is really nice to you, you get suspicious. Why is he so nice yeah. to me? It's crazy, it's crazy. But that's the difference cultural
0: difference yeah like there it's like you fake it till you make it smile and it just you know comes off as being you know sincere even if like you said you're suspicious um I, that's that's really interesting i'm really glad like you kind of touched upon that 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 point because it's kind of i don't know what i don't want to call it first world problems but that's kind of what you, i feel like you just described <laughs> yeah yeah. Uh, so, say state-
1: sorry. Uh, I, no, sorry, I okay, wanted. Sorry. To, yeah, mark that question. I wanted to tell you also, oh. like, what what was really specific for for these kids that I work with. So, in Serbia, uh, you know, I would fake stuff and I would make fake documents in order to prove that I couldn't attend the class. But kids here are so honest. They're like, uh, "I broke up with my boyfriend. Can I have extension?" I'm like. Yeah, and I would always give them five days of extension, whatever they do. Like, other tutors don't want to do that, but I always give them because I see how honest they are. Like, I would never say to my professor or my tutor, oh, I grew up with a boyfriend. Can I have an extension? They're telling me go to hell, you know, in Serbia. <laughs> but here, they just say, oh, I'm struggling a bit, you know, like, can I have extension? Yeah, yeah, of course. Get an, yeah, I'll give you an extension. Because their honesty, you know, they can lie, you know, that their dog is dead or something like that. But they don't. They're really honest. So that's what I kind of appreciate because they don't try to kind of cheat on you. But like in Serbia, you know, like I was a student, so I would like, you know, print out that my grandma is dead just to like not attend something. But my grandma is alive, you know, understand how weird that is.
0: <laughs> it's all right we forgive you now <laughs> um but yes yeah, it's, it's interesting so how would you say you've connected with um new individuals um you know making friends or you know meeting new colleagues um and breaking those down those types of barriers as well
1: yeah so uh when i came here i was pretty lonely i was really depressed i was kind of crying for 15 days Aww. Well, I was feeling sorry for myself, but that's normal, you know, like, uh, yeah. you know, there were situations I was feeling for sorry for myself here. But that's just a normal phase when you leave your country and go somewhere else. Right. Like, it's a normal phase and you come by yourself. Like, I came by myself, I had no one, I knew no one. Uh, but then, yeah, everything was in the wrong direction, so, like, because here, like the wheel in the car is on the different uh, side, uh, actually on the right side. Uh, mm. And uh, and I was always going to different directions. I couldn't figure it out. I was almost hit by a car a couple of times. So I was, <laughs> lost. I was lost. I was completely <laughs> lost. But then um, after 15 days, uh I actually I was like thinking, oh, I'm going to go back, but no, this is a very good chance. No one gets this chance like once in a lifetime. No, I shouldn't go back. I was really crazy. And then I um came because here everyone lives in a room. People share like rooms, even Australian people. So that's the specificity of Australian society. So even Australian people, they share rooms with other people. So like uh <laughs> And they're not students. They're like uh, people that are employed, you know, like they have their jobs, they're well paid jobs, but then they kind of don't want to live by themselves. So they live with other like housemates. So this is how you get friends. So I moved in with two Australian guys and one was like Ukrainian uh, descent. And uh, he's actually grandma spoke a perfect Serbian. uh, And she lived in Bosnia. And the other guys, like Slovak and Polish, uh, his like parents were, so I kind of really fit in with them. And then I met their families, and they kind of adopted me because everyone is international here, so people adopt each other, you know, really fast. Because you know you are alone here, so uh, people just you know get 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 together with by living together. Or by you know like there is a lot of this Tinder thing and stuff, but I don't use that. Uh, so I just relied upon my personal my personality <laughs> um, yeah. as is, you know, with no channel of communication. And uh, at the uni, I have my own office. All the all the PhDs have offices, so I kind of like started meeting people that work in other offices. We're all PhDs in the end. Uh, I mean you all have same problems, so just like at work, met friends. I have some uh, small, like, Serbian community friends, um, mm. which are also all, most of them are PhDs here. Uh, also, students got their scholarships, so I kind of, like, connected with them. So, yeah, that's pretty much how I got uh, to know people.
0: Wow. That's um, you know, and like you said, I think having that whole community, you know, right where you were living helped, you know, yeah. uh, you know, acclimate you into that, you know, and helped you with the homesickness, you know, with, with coming over and and uh, like you said, having university and, and all that, you know, you you were you were able to you're not say forced, but you were able to sort of create those, you didn't have to like go out of your way to create those opportunities. They were sort of there, you just sort of cultivated them as you, and like you said, you meet somebody, then you meet somebody, and that person introduces you to somebody, and then, you know, you have this ripple effect of, but that's really sweet that they, um, wanted, they adopted you into their family.
1: Yeah.
0: They yeah, really
1: helped me. They helped me a lot, like, uh, to find furniture, like the mom of one of my housemates. She like actually was like, oh, you're my daughter that I never had, you know, like
0: people, they're, really,
1: they're really nice people. Like the, the mom of the other one helped me like with my drafts. She was reading them. So really, like people were really nice to me here, like especially these two housemates. They were the first people to adopt me. And then, of course, their friends and like just I was lucky to find them. Not everyone is so lucky. really. Yeah, but
0: I think some I mean only because I also know you. I mean you're also I, I think your personality warrants you know I don't I don't know how anybody cannot not be attracted to you, Gordana. You're just you're like a magnet.
1: <laughs> so hot
0: <laughs> You're just you're just so easy to get along with. So um I was gonna say, do you No, of course. Um do you ever do do you miss home? Maybe you miss Serbia? I mean other than like it's other than just like your family, of course,
1: but yeah. The thing is, like, I don't really, you know, like, yeah. um, no, I don't really. I'm kind of glad that Australia is really far, and uh, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm really glad because you know, like, um, uh, I have like a specific relationship with my country because I study politics. And all this like stuff that kind of piece, like, really made me mad and I wanted to leave, I can see it repeating all the time. Like for example, this year, I was called by a prime minister of Serbia. I was invited, as well other students at the Melbourne University, to go back and have a conference with our prime minister to tell them why did we leave Serbia and how to make young people stay in Serbia. And I'm like, man, you are the uh, most corrupted person in this, uh, in the whole, like, whole Serbia. You are the least eligible to be in the spot of the prime minister. You know why people leave Serbia because of people like you. Why are you inviting me to come back and tell you this in your face? Because obviously I will get arrested or it will be a huge handle. So don't call me. I get it very personal. That's why I don't miss Serbia. Because, uh, you know, like I left because of Serbia, not because of uh, anything else. Like because of Serbia, like things that are very specific for Serbia, which is like huge corruption, uh, nepotism, um, people who sh- shouldn't be in the spots where they are, but they are there because of their personal connection to what they're like very obedient to the president who, you know, says do this and they will like even roll in the mud because they don't think, as Hannah Rand said, they don't think, you know, they yeah. just do. Yeah, they're like yeah, they're, they're lackeys. Like yeah, they're the same. For me, they're soldiers, like, there are soldiers in Auschwitz. You know, like they're as equal as they are because they perform the duties that they're told to perform. They don't think, what is this duty going to do to other people? You know, like if I'm unqualified to be in this position, the decisions that I make are definitely going to impact the lives of many people, especially this woman who is a prime minister. So, you know, I don't miss that. I don't miss that. And, you know, like I'm following like politics and what happens in Serbia. I do miss my family like I do miss my mom you know but I don't miss like that my mom can't provide for herself so I actually send her money from here like she worked 35 years and I have to provide for her if I wouldn't and you know how many of us do that that work in the world and send money back because these people can't survive why because of the people like this prime minister so no I do not miss that I do miss some people I miss food I definitely miss music, and I definitely miss like, you know, like parties, like hanging with Serbian people, listening to Serbian music, I miss uh, cheap cigarettes, uh, cheap alcohol, but yeah, uh, I do not miss Serbia, like as a state.
0: (laughs) As a state, exactly. Maybe a certain cultural things, you know, of course. And maybe the cheap alcohol, but... your
1: family. changes there, yeah, uh, like definitely, Mm -hmm. like, you know, if I was called by an honest prime minister to give my advice and if I know that my advice, which is pretty realistic because in the last six years, half a million of young people like me left, and there are only 7 million Serbs uh, in Serbia, actually less than 7 million, so you can see the trend that there will be no young people there in, like, a couple of years, like, in 10, 20 years, no young people will be there, especially not young smart people. So, uh, yeah, if I'm called by a person that actually wants to change something, honestly, yeah, I'll go. But by a corrupted people? No, not exactly. I ran away from that, you know, I'm done.
0: Mm, That's a shame. But at the same time, you see it for what it is and you're, you know, you have to make a decision that's, that's best for you. And, uh, Like I said, you've, you've been doing the research, so you know what it is, you know how it is out there and, uh, (laughs) yeah, you're, you're, and you're letting the rest of the world know, you know, the, the, well, not even the shit sandwich, the shit storm that's going on. Um, so what is the next, um, move? you know, you're going to be getting the PhD, what's uh, what's on the horizon for you in 2019 and in
1: 2020? Well, <laughs> for me, it's like submission of my PhD, which is in October, because I'm an English, I'm not a native English speaker, I do have to have an editor, so we'll have to see and navigate that, like, you know, who's going to be my editor, because, you know, like, it's not only enough, you know, like, if it would be enough for you to speak English to finish PhD, you know that's um, that would be like pretty, you know, too easy. <laughs> that's why international yeah. uni- like universities like you know Melbourne University, other universities they need international people because we bring different kind of the no- like knowledge, <coughs> and that is like specific contextual knowledge. So like I have to find a very good editor that that understands my context and my language and the way information is delivered. That's crucial. And hopefully October I find this person until October and I actually finish. So when I finish my PhD, I actually had a plan to publish it because I think it's really unique research. Not many there are not not many political ethnographies are out there in which like people were conducting participant observation with politicians, especially in the context of Serbia and Kosovo, because I'm Serbian, Mm. but I followed like uh, Bosnia and Albanian politicians, women politicians in Kosovo. So I think it will be really interesting to publish that as a book. That's what I want. Mm. So I will prepare the publishing. And I really want to also publish a couple of journals with all the spots of, because I researched for a year, so I have a lot of results. So I want to get that all published, not because I really want to be, you know, famous in the academia. Most people like want only the fame. I actually never wanted fame. I just wanted to be to that knowledge, to be out there, you know. But, you know, if I, of course, like I don't have a plan to be a, an academic. I did this PhD only because I was wondering some stuff and I really wanted to find it out. Uh, but I will see. I will have to navigate that uh, because I'm moving to Rome and learning Italian. I don't know the academia in Rome. I really don't know what I'm going to do if I'm going to go to like continue within NGOs, uh, if I'm going to like work in international organization, um, because I am like now doing this consulting pro bono for this feminist foundation called Frida. So if I'm going to do that. Uh, I really, really don't know. I I kind of feel that there is a need, I I really feel there is a need for me to kind of learn Mm -hmm. more about uh, uh, refugees, refugee policy, Uh, especially Mm -hmm. in Europe, especially in Italy, there are like a lot of people, Uh, asylum seekers that, that are coming by the boat, and I think I can do a lot there, but I really need to first learn about the laws of European Union and all that on refugee policy mm. and uh, right. I think I can help if I engage with that because I really feel like that that's going to be that's a huge thing, and especially women within um of course most of them are men uh but uh there are women also as well that are coming and before I left Serbia, I was volunteering in actually like finding the clothes and all mm. this like um, uh stuff for the okay. refugees like food right, right. delivery so I was like volunteering every Wednesday, and I kind of saw like that that's that's going to be a huge yeah like uh, I think I can like help there, so I will really try to when I go back like when I go to Italy to learn more about that and try to like engage with the with the refugees and kind of try to help somehow you know.
0: Uh that's, that's going to be an interesting, um, shift because like you already have like a certain background, but like you said, you've, you've done some volunteer work and I, I just think you're going to have a lot to contribute. And, um, you know, I think it's going to be real interesting for you to to see, you know, uh, what, what comes out of that. But I, I, I mean, I wish you all the best. I think you're, you're, I, I, I've told you this already, you're an amazing individual. You have a lot of It's a really, you're a brilliant mind. I just think you have so much to say about that's so, just so real. You know what I mean? It's just about, like you said, real experience that you had growing up. But you're, you know, all the knowledge and, 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 uh, you know, the reading and, and, you know, the researching that you've done is, is, is just incredible. And um, I just feel like, you know, you have a lot to contribute and it's cool. I mean, you really lived a cool life. You've traveled and done a lot of research. So. It's
1: gonna
0: be interesting to see. I'm sorry, I was I was I was gloating there, but I, I I was like I'm not like, you know, like praise <laughs> be, but you know, you're a really cool person. So I'm really really glad that you took the time to talk to me today.
1: It was like a shitty life, but it became cool because I kind of made it cool. You know, I kinda of fought for it, really fought for yeah. it. Yeah, but Uh, Yeah, uh, when I was just like, yeah, for the refugees, uh, yeah, I was thinking like, I help with stuff like, you know, but this stuff are not going to uh, like really help these people long term, like giving them a good jacket, finding them a bit of food or telling them how to actually like cross the border and where to go. You know, like that's what I was doing, but uh, that doesn't help long term. So what I want to do is kind of like, you know, get more education so I can actually advocate for these people uh or a right. impact decision makers so, or like just do something more because i feel like that's 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 where i need to go so yeah that's what i was thinking and thank you very much for your <laughs> for your compliments <laughs> right yeah well i'm like a tax- <laughs> person <laughs>
0: well like i said i i think it's you know you you had that like little short-term relief experience now you, you know what's the next step you know the next step you need to find long-term solutions so i think that's really important. Yeah.
1: Well, was if I would be staying here, I know what I would do, you know, like, but, uh, of course I have to move, yeah. uh, because of personal issues. Uh, but, um, yeah, um, uh, I long-term, yeah, just, I just really want to do something useful. I don't want to sit at work from like nine to five looking like at my clock saying, oh, it's 5 PM. I want to go home. I tried that. Uh, I got a job in the U.S. Embassy before I left Serbia and I was probably the only Serbian that left the job, That I, I actually quit and it was the best salary you can get in Serbia. When my, my sister looked at my salary, she said, oh my God, they're not going to be hungry anymore. Swear to God, like that was like the, one of the best salaries in Serbia. But I quit that job after three months, why? Because I cannot sit and be useless and pretend that I'm working for like eight hours a day. I can't, I need to be useful. I need to like work something that like, I I think it's contributing for this world to be better. So whether it's the students, mm. uh, you know, like changing the minds of the students, because like, for example, yeah, I didn't say that. When these students saw me and I, when I told them about ex Yugoslavia and how it was the education system and like what about socialism and what are the differences, mm. you know, like, it was a free education and who can actually advance like through the classes of people to the class like Marxism. They were like fascinated. You know, this is the first time in their life that actually someone who went through that tells yeah. them their story, You're, you know, like they were fascinated. So yeah, that changes their life, you know. It changes like them. So I think, yeah, I really need to feel useful. If I don't feel useful, I'm not going to love that job and it's a waste of time, really.
0: Thank you again, Gordana, and uh, we'll be in touch. Maybe we'll do a check in in like a when you get to Italy or something like that. See how things are thank going. Oh. All right. Thank you.